Hello, welcome back. I am Oliver Sibley. This is Outlaw Catholic. And today with me, I have Monet Souza. Welcome. Thank you, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Oliver. Appreciate being here. <laughs> um, yeah, this is super cool. It's so crazy to see you after all this time. It's uh, been a while. Too long. So Monet and I, we met, when was that? That was like... My senior, no. You're my junior year, your freshman year. Then we had a really fun encounter. How do you even explain it? Do you want to explain that story? Yeah, I, w- I would love to. So <laughs> I'm driving. or No, you're driving. I'm driving. You're sitting in your car with Mary. But at the time, I didn't know this. I'm walking to get back to the dorm from class. And like, if anyone has ever been on Franciscan's campus, you understand how hilly it is. Like, literally, you're going to probably break a sweat. Are you blaming this on the hills? <laughs> Right. Yes. I thought you just worked out. No. And that <laughs> shirt? No way. Or was it raining? The rain jacket was on, so it must have been a mixture of like rain pouring <laughs> and also me hiking up a very steep hill to get to my dorm room. So as I'm walking and I'm panting and I'm nervous anyone's going to see me in my sweaty glory, I hear the loudest horn honk ever. And it's you and Mary in the car. And Mary was like, get in. Come on. I'm like, okay, like catch. I still remember, like I was like panting. I like got in your car. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like just like wiping the sweat <laughs> off my brow. And I'm wearing this awesome thrift shirt from Buffalo Exchange in Pittsburgh. And like, I don't know if you had seen me in it before or something, but you're like, I don't know. You, but the way you like said, I like that shirt was almost like you had seen it before. Because again, I, I had the rain jacket on. So the shirt is like a white shirt that has just like this cool kind of like impressionist dot mountain range yeah and it's like kind of purpley and there was something about like that moment of like being so fed up with how like sweaty and hot I was where I was like do you want it (laughs) like it's yours and like I guess like you filled in the gaps like earlier today of like there was some exchange that happened of like you can have the shirt (laughs) if like you pay up I don't know no the the thing I think I oh I may have asked you for it I may have asked you for the shirt and I think you did something like what, what do you have to give me <laughs> or something like, <laughs> like what's the <laughs> barter <laughs> like how much how much do you want for it or like something like that right and i ended up giving you like stacks like maybe there's no way it was stacks <laughs> it was at least three air fresheners i thought it was like in my head it was like five it wasn't maybe. more than a dozen it was a lot it was it was, it was more, like a lot of cash but air fresheners yeah it was like the hanging black ice yep tree air fresheners mm-hmm and for any of you listening who know Oliver, like he's a very cleanly man and like even his in his like podcast like space right now, like everything has a proper space. So the fact that you just had these laying around. They weren't laying around. Yeah, they were. You probably had them like backed up for years to come. So I am I really wasn't surprised that that's what I was given. It was it's this isn't like a creepy thing. I mean, this actually mm-hmm. the air freshener thing has a story. Not a story story, but the reason I had a bunch of air fresheners is because my family owns a gas station. And so since my That's family to me. <laughs> owns a gas station, they go to these sort of conferences. I guess it's a conference or convention. Gas, convention. Ga- gas station conventions. I didn't know those were a yeah. thing. They're pretty sweet. You get all the new like M&Ms, all the new oh flavors God. of stuff. It's sweet because you get you try out all these new, these new things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a Twix that's cookies and cream. Oh, yeah. I ate that at your house. T- yeah. Yes. Two days ago. Yeah. They're great. 
Anyway, it's super weird, but yeah, I don't know if those were purchased at a store, if those came from a convention thing. I don't know. Well, ultimately, Oliver got my shirt in that moment, and I got his air fresheners. You got my air fresheners that I got for free from my parents. And I think that shirt was $15. (sighs) We'll talk about this after. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that was a super fun thing. So Monet gave me this super... She got in the back of the... She got in the back (laughs) of the Jeep, and Mary... (laughs) <laughs> I was closing my eyes and Mary was putting her hands over my eyes and you were in the back of the Jeep and took off this soaking wet shirt <laughs> from underneath your rain jacket and handed it to me. And you were like, sorry, it's a little sweaty. And I grabbed this dripping rag of a shirt and you said something along the lines of, you may need to wash it. <laughs> and wring it out and dry it but this it might was su- disgusting i was like oh, oh there's yeah. no way it was, it's that bad it was gross <laughs> but it was it was really wet like right out of the wash and also this might sound scandalous to someone watching but i'm telling you it's not that bad or someone listening it's not that the story was not that bad in the moment it's a little weird oh it's weird it's definitely a little weird this but... is the i'm telling you what like the one and only memory like vivid memory i have of our friendship that's pretty much it because we we haven't really had a lot of time together oh, but every time we do it's just like it's dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good word for it. I feel like just out of the blue, super random. Yeah. But like, all right. I like, feel like both of us just have a habit of coming in hot. <laughs> and then whatever we saw each other, it was like, we we're both like coming in hot. It was like, all right, like, <laughs> exactly. keep on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kind of like throw up like a um, hoo-ha. Like how would you define in, this? Like sort fist, of like fist in the, the like soul, like <laughs> the like fist with like exposing like your like the front side of your palm like just have yeah, yeah, yeah. this posture um <laughs> power i don't know yeah like maybe all like, the power to you let's yeah, go yeah. it was just like both of us were kind of like in our thing just like yeah like we're we're doing it and yes. then just kind of cross paths and maintained our distance but then dun, dun, dun. you showed up in steubenville two days ago two days ago mm-hmm and said, oh, contact me. You have my information. <laughs> Which, <laughs> my number's floating in your phone somewhere. <laughs> Which, no, you said, you said, oh, like, we probably haven't kept in contact because. Someone doesn't have someone's yeah. number. Yeah, yeah. But we had it all along. We had it the whole time. For two years, no one has said a word to Nobody each other. Nobody has said. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. And thanks to our mutual friends, I found out that you were doing some crazy work. Mm-hmm. some good good ministry so give yeah. me a simple rundown what's your what is, what is your life like right now yeah so it's definitely a blessing for sure what the lord has been calling me to do and how i'm doing it but you know when i got sent home my final semester of school because of the pandemic and everything it was really this moment of me to just dive deep into like a deep passion that I've been tucking away for a long time, which is this deep desire to public speak, which is something that I've had in my heart ever since I was a second grader, like at First Holy Communion, you know, just being in front of a mic, it, it just like gives me this insane rush. And it's amazing. That's why when you're like, we should totally do a podcast or something while you're here, I'm like, get me in front of a mic and talk about Jesus. Yes, please. Let's go. Like, How, how does that balance? Like, for me, I get super excited mm-hmm. if I'm talking in front of people, but recording in this room, it's like I get excited being here with like you and other guests, but it's so different. Have you noticed a sort of difference there? Is it the content that's exciting or is it 
the platform? I think it's the platform. I think it's the, you know, like, especially when you're doing something with a guest, you don't really know what the other person's going to say. So it's almost this unknown that is so like scary, but also so exciting at the same time. So I would say, yeah, just like you don't know what's going to come next. But when you're speaking in front of a live audience, you kind of have to have your talk down pack and like really? know, knowing what you have to say. And like, so there's, there's nerves in the fact of like, I can see the like visual reactions of these men and women I'm speaking to where I'm like, Oh geez, that definitely didn't resonate. Or like, Hey, I got the guy in the back that works. Okay. Let's run with it. But when you're like with someone doing this kind of thing, you're like, it's real. like, it's always up to the Holy spirit, but I don't know why, but in these moments it feels even more so because nothing's all that scripted in a sense, if that makes sense. It does make sense. All right, cool. The thing that I, we haven't talked about this, but I want to, I want to talk about just public speaking. Yes. Okay. So you had said that like, if something doesn't resonate with somebody, do you alter your plan? If oh, something yeah. doesn't resonate, mm-hmm. what do you do? I go back to when, like, so for instance, I'm talking, I see that it's actually not resonating with someone in the audience and, or like in the classroom or in the parish hall or something like wherever, like I'm supposed to be speaking and then I see okay I had this particular person at one point of that talk but their face like just changed when I like got onto this particular point how do I get back to when I had them like and had their attention a bit more and was resonating more with their heart so just like dialing back to what I previously was talking about or like maybe not staying on that particular point for too long and like segueing out of it it's like it's so hard to talk about but it's just like something that's happening in the moment of almost like this river flowing and like you like there's going to be rocks and bumps and this and that but like you still know like you're going down the mountain like you know the direction of the river but there's going to be like some twists and turns along the way of course so yeah there's definitely like an altering of the talk that happens in the moment where I'm like just gonna wing it let's see what happens are you keeping like a mental track of like okay that dude say Steven Steven so like are you like keeping tabs on like a handful of people throughout the talk where you're like okay Steven's in it through bullet point a b and c and then I lost him whenever I went on to d and then you go back to c and then Jonathan second row Jonathan gets thrown off at like e or something like are you like actively like keep like just looking at different people to see if like you're still engaging these like random chosen people yes really And it's very exhausting, but yes, I'm doing it. It's like these outer, it's like these outer body experiences while I'm speaking where I'm like, okay, I am, I'm trying to be very present to what I'm speaking about, but I'm also having this outer, outer, out of body experience of what are you doing right now, Monet? Like, what is your body posture? Like, what are the people reacting like? And it's just like so many different parts of my brain that I'm trying to engage in like, but also like wiggling my toes at the same time. Of like, where are you right now on the stage? Like, you're right here. Come on, like, don't overthink it. Um, but there's like, even when I'm, so ultimately I haven't even said it yet. I have a ministry called The Message of Hope. But for that ministry, you know, I do, it's video based. But when I bring on a guest, like kind of the role that I'm in now I also like while I'm guiding and leading the conversation, I'm trying to be super mindful of how much time has gone by. Like, should we start wrapping it up now? How's this person doing? Does it look like I have their attention? Like you have to be mindful in public speaking because then if it becomes all about like how good does like what I'm saying sound for me, then you like you're missing the point of why you're speaking to this particular audience to begin with. 
how easy is it for you to I mean, do you alter the course of what you're saying a lot? Like, have you ever started a talk and then just mid-talk, you're like, you know what? Like, I don't think I'm supposed to be talking about this right now. Have you ever just upped and tossed the notes? To a degree, I guess. You know, there's been times when I go in, I've like sat in adoration for like a few hours at a time. I've written my entire talk to have like confidence that the Lord is looking at me while I'm writing this stuff. And then... I'm like, okay, let me look at it. Let me have it resonate with my heart. And then when I go and I speak in person, I have the notes as like a crutch. Like it's it's here, Monet, if you need it. But I never, ever look at what's written down. But time and time again, I usually go verbatim what it said on the sheet of paper. But sure. adding in like more like personal experiences tend to come up more than what I anticipated on. But I've never like totally dropped the topic to then like, change it like I've tweaked along the way but I've never just like said never mind let me try something new in the middle of this or like 10 minutes in do you write out every talk that you give yes really? <laughs> I do mm-hmm. even if it's something simple yeah no I definitely write every talk um, because I'm such a visual where I have to see every thought laid out and it can be very broad and it can be very like all over the place but then once I write everything out then I condense it run it by the Lord and then we both together go that's it and then that's everything but it's just this way also for me to look back on the notes before like as a speaking event is coming up because being at Franciscan University being a catechetics major you had you had these time limits you had to stay within in order to get a good grade so they're like you have a witness talk you have to stay within five to eight minutes And if you go under or above that, that alters your grade. You have to give a presentation for 30 minutes. And if you don't reach that, that alters your grade. So I think a part of that has like been ingrained in me of let me have my talk in front of me. Let me review it. Am I hitting these marks? What can I change? What can I add? So I think it's something that was taught at school and then something that also is innate to who I am of, yeah, just I'm a visual. I need to see it. How does that time limit stuff integrate? into ministry stuff now has it been fruitful if somebody's like oh can you give like a 15 minute talk and then have you ever just been like like i can't do this in 15 minutes or like like i know you have 15 minutes but i want to do this like i want to give a two-hour talk (laughs) on whatever it is well i'm the type of person where if you get me one-on-one i can definitely talk like we've been hanging out this afternoon like you probably can see that like i've been talking like the majority of the time with you and I'm not like totally silent and like just listening and be like, mm, what does Oliver have to say? Like, let me just keep <laughs> receiving him like and his brotherhood and blah, 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 blah. But like realizing, you know, when I'm with people that I like I'm comfortable with and I trust, like I can talk forever. But when I'm trying to get a point across, I don't talk for a long time. Like I'm very like short, sweet and concise. So when you look at my YouTube channel, like there's a reason those videos are short, like I don't want to, first of all, lose your attention span because I myself have a short attention span. I also, like, if I have something to say, like, I'm just going to get right to it. Like, I'm just going to tell you how it is, like, tell you how it is straight and, like, not all this, like, add all this fluff around it. So if someone were to say 15 minutes, I'd be like, okay, let me talk for 10, like, 8 to 10 minutes, and then I'll open it up for Q&A. So then if someone wants to go deeper with me or, like, pinpoint something I said and said, can you, like, go a little bit more into that or like expand in this way or like what about this that you didn't mention I'm like yeah sure I can talk about that 
that's more how I work. So if someone were to say talk for an hour, I, I have like mini like, what the heck? How am I going to do that? I'm freaking out. So I would prefer the shorter amount of time, truthfully. I feel like it's just easier to talk for a shorter amount of time. Yeah. I mean, depending on how long people want me to talk, it, it just totally depends on the setting. Also, I love just being put on the spot. A lot of talks that I've given mm-hmm. have just been, all right, Oliver, you're doing this. And then I just go, just run. That's awesome. Because, I mean, I kind of have some set talks, good to go, polished talks, like for confirmation retreat or different, like before praise and worship stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a longer testimony kind of talk, a lot of those things are polished. Not that the Holy Spirit doesn't move in that, but it's like, this is my story and I know it. And if you want me to tell it, here's the story. Yeah. And that's kind of a weird, I kind of feel weird about that sometimes. And that's why now I kind of mentioned this earlier whenever we were talking that now I'm learning different analogies to use to share the faith a little bit easier instead of what's up. I'm Oliver. Here's my, here's my five life stories. Here's the big ones. And then just re say those same things, Mm -hmm. but learning how to find different ways to express just different things that I've learned. Cause a lot of people connect to analogies and again, like going back to like my studies, so many people would come in and like speak to us and say, analogies is what most people can resonate with. And so, you know, your story is great, but it would possibly be a little harder for most people listening to be like, okay, well, that's Oliver's story. But if you use an analogy, then it's like, oh my gosh, like I totally can picture that. I know what you're talking about. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, we're all Batman. <laughs> I can fly. <laughs> but it's good. Like, it's good that you've been able to like find that and see that that works. Have you noticed, I mean, now you're speaking pretty often. Are you telling a lot of testimony stories? You know, it gets worked in. It's kind of hard to just speak cut and dry on the faith without bringing yourself into it because you like it has to be personal and these people have to see that we have a relationship with Christ in order for them to be like whoa she's got a relationship with Christ or he's got a relationship like I want that like (laughs) oh she has this joy and peace because she has a relationship with the Lord like all right like let's go like I want that as well but um you know normally people are just saying hey, I saw you like do a YouTube episode on this particular topic. Can you come in and like expand that for like a bit longer with our like eighth grade class? Or you seem to be doing a lot with friendship and community. Can you lead a day long retreat and create like three different talks? I'm like, I can do that. Um, But in each one of those talks, like I'm giving like content and structure, but then I'm also integrating in moments of mine own like my own experience of loneliness or my own experience of being rejected or like being made fun of for being a catholic and like where that got me and that ultimately got me to no friends and so just like it's not all of monet it's like all of christ and then i feed in myself every now and then to like keep drawing these like these youth into oh my goodness wait like she's not just telling me like this black and white thing, but she's also like bringing herself into it to make it more real. So you, yeah, in ministry, you have to bring yourself into it to a degree. That's so important. Well, I mean, I guess if you, two things here, like one is like, if you don't, like if you don't share yourself or share your own story, then it's just like, okay, who are you and Mm -hmm. why are you talking to me? Right. Like I definitely relate with that. Like if somebody's just like, 
do this, like believe this, blah, blah, blah. And I don't respect or trust the person or know who they are or if they're reliable or if they care about me. Like, I just like hearing somebody like, just imagine mm-hmm. like a, I don't know, like a police officer, like wagging his finger. It's like, if he wasn't wearing a uniform, I'd be like, okay, Steven, who's standing <laughs> on the corner, stop yelling at me. Right. <laughs> but like yeah. the uniform or so like, I guess like the uniform in this is like, Hey, like this is my personal experience. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I love this. Just like, it's like, you can tell if somebody's telling the truth or not. Right. Like this is such a weird, th- I mean, I guess you could lie. That would be such a terrible thing. But like it would be. <laughs> you know, just like, oh, like listen to this testimony story that I just made up. Mm-hmm. But it's just so different if it's like you can see like someone's heart so clearly. Yes. It's like whenever you just said like loneliness and he said it's like the tone of your voice changed. Because <laughs> it, it was- brings me back. And like that's the thing. Like that's why we speak to like first of all, we receive healing first before speaking about something because if you haven't like dealt with that hurt or that wound in your life and then you're going and speaking about it through ministry like and you haven't received that proper healing and like everyone's gonna be like oh my gosh this girl's still a mess like (laughs) like may we be able to see the wound and like poke it and not be like still like gushing out like this like hurt or this anger this like blood or like whatever like seeing that it's like it's there and like it's been like scarred over but I can talk about it without it like hurting to a degree but like I can still take myself back and like when you were speaking so I'm also the edge director of our middle school program and there was one night it was because the whole year is friendship with Christ that's the theme of the year and I have three years so my sixth graders hear different content every year and so when I was creating this content I was like no one is ever going to enter into a full knowledge of the faith without coming to build a friendship with Christ first and allowing themselves to trust him and like being loved by him in return and like you know all this sort of thing and there was one night I was giving a topic on uh, the importance of having community and so I walked them through like my own witness like I got pretty personal and I had some core members afterwards who were like maybe you got too personal I'm like well whatever like this isn't gonna happen on a regular basis but when I was going through that experience of high school of this like deep loneliness that I experienced, I usually give my talks and like, it's not everyone be quiet while Monet talks and then you break off into small group. It's very inter uh, like you can interact with me as as I'm speaking. Like it doesn't throw me off. Like I want that. That's awesome. And so as I'm giving this and like, I'm showing the slides of pictures of me and like all this (laughs) sort of thing, like making it like this story of like not glamorizing it, but letting them know like the difficulty of it. I had kids literally shouting out, wait, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't, I'm going through loneliness too. I just had friends who like dropped me for the same reasons. Like that is why I got personal. That is why like I want to talk about loneliness because someone in the room is going through that and someone's like going to resonate with that. And that's why I like speaking. Like I love this space, but I also love speaking to people in person because I want the room to like erupt and like, yes, I totally get what you're saying. Like, I'm with you like and then that draws into this like okay we're like we all go through struggle and like I have a few people in this room who totally get what I've gone through or like those who will eventually go through this like they'll know that you will come out of it okay and as long as you like have the Lord walking with you through it all and like coming out of it with him like still hanging on to yeah have you that's awesome that's so good (laughs) have you seen I mean what's more common from just your time speaking people 
shouting out or people <laughs> being quiet and then coming up to you later with their tail between their legs. Well, okay. These are my middle schoolers who are very rambunctious and crazy. Good word. Rambunctious? Yes, they are very rambunctious, like bouncing off the walls. Great. But I also go into the space being the same way. So I think they're like monkey see, monkey do. Like Monazily walking in, going like, What's up, everybody? And like everyone's erupting and like, Woo. So I like, I want to give them that space of like, We're going to respect one another, but like, let this be a fun space. And they're middle schoolers. Like, they're, they have this like, I'm cooler than you. And I'm like, No, you're not. Let's have some fun. Prove it. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Exactly. Who's cooler. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so that's middle school. Like, that's a totally different story. And I'm with them every single week. But when I'm getting asked to go into a community that, like, I don't know anyone, I don't get that. Like, I'll get a lot of, like, these vigorous nods of, like, Yes. <laughs> like, I resonate. Like big eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's always a fun one. Like, if the you puppy- see somebody in the back that's just like, not moving their heads so they don't want anybody else to notice and they're just like big eyes just eyes exploding out of their face and they're just yes. like, they're like i know exactly what you're talking about yeah How did, who told you was it my mom <laughs> did someone tell you i'm going through that and also um, why are you making eye contact with only me right now <laughs> but that's true like you see a lot of physical reactions like expressions on the face versus like my consistent middle school students on a weekly basis who are like shouting out at me like I totally get it. So, yeah, I get a reaction, but in a different way. Is any of that off-putting? Like, have you ever heard somebody cry out and you're like, oh, wow, like, that was that was a lot? Like, has anybody ever been like, I'm really depressed? And you're just like, hey. No, I haven't gotten that. I but that's it, just like. What I try to do, if I do get someone who calls out or, like, screams out, I always try to stop acknowledge what they just said so it's not just like oh you just threw like words into the air and like they dissipated it's like no I, I just heard you I'm gonna pause acknowledge what you said and then get back to where I just was with speaking to like recognize them as like your person not just like thanks for like taking up some like yeah <laughs> like sound space do you have any of those moments that you remember very clearly did you have any like unique ones <laughs> well it just honestly takes me back to that night that I was talking about my loneliness at a couple eighth grade girls who they saw the picture of me and they like in their eighth grade glory just go, is that you? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and that totally threw me off for a minute. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, yeah, that's me. They're like, oh, <laughs> so like just like dealing with the comment like that of like, I was not expecting that. But just being like, you know what? This can't shake me up. Like, let me get back to what I was just talking about. What is this? You said you had a slideshow going. What does the loneliness picture that you're putting up on a slide look like it was just just you by yourself (laughs) it was just a profile picture yeah (laughs) i took a few pictures off of facebook and i was like these look good so i just threw them up there like it wasn't it wasn't there was nothing from high school with like a bottle of jack it's just like (laughs) more so just like you like the loneliness happened in high school come on i wasn't drinking age yet i I can't do that yeah 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 (laughs) i'm with you but yeah no it was just like pictures of me by myself like I didn't like necessarily sad but it was to get the point across like I what am I in this picture I'm by myself so like that was to like show a bigger like meaning behind it so now is your profile picture you with a bunch of people no I'm still very lonely no (laughs) no I don't have people with me (laughs) that's so off-putting if I ever see a profile picture with three people or whatever it's like which one is it? <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know. no, it's true. 
I don't know why people do that. Yeah. I love speaking in front of people. And one moment that I had like this of, so you, so I did the scent ministry stuff Yep. on with Franciscan during undergrad and their whole ministry is put on retreats, a lot of confirmation retreats and just different other, some youth group stuff. But there was one semester where I was kind of like a mercenary, I guess, for scent. So I was kind of on the, the list of people where it's like if anybody dropped and couldn't go on a retreat, they would call me. And so I showed up to this one retreat and I don't know if it was on my side or on their side, somewhere along the line, there was terrible communication about what the retreat was actually for and who it was to. But we showed up to this retreat and there are 40 grandparents (laughs) and then 10 parents and then maybe a dozen kids. Whoa. And they, (laughs) one of my friends was leading this retreat Mm -hmm. and he was like, Oliver, I don't know what to do. Can you do the opening talk? for the grandparents so we split the kids up we thought it was going to be more kids we thought it was going to be substantially more kids and substantially more parents just a handful of grandparents but it was a lot of grandparents wow and so i tell this story and just i mean i love grandparents i love i mean i love talking but so it was very fun for me just to show up and just try to rally these grandparents yeah and i start talking about how important it is to remind those kids that Mm -hmm. you love them that they don't even know all the complexities of their culture. So just love them through it. And so I just tell a story and I get really animated and, you know, there's some people who are on board and stuff, but then after there's this one grandfather, I don't think I'll ever forget this. He comes up to me, doesn't say a word. He just gives me this massive hug. It's just this, this burly man. He just gives me this huge hug. And I'm a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Of course. I mean, just being hugged by a man, a stranger that you don't know. Mm -hmm. I was assuming he had good intentions after I had just spoken. Yes. (laughs) And he was like an old man, so (laughs) kind of fun. But I get this hug from him and he kind of draws back and has his hands on my shoulders. He's about a foot taller than me. So he like kind of like looks down at me like little boy. And I'm (laughs) expecting something really intense. And he just says... Thank you for sharing that. I want to let you know that you've encouraged me to continue doing what I'm doing. And what I do is every time I see my grandchildren, I tell them I love them. And I tell them why I love them. And this man, this old man was about to start crying. And then he just gave me another hug and held it for a little bit longer than I would have liked. (laughs) But it was just something remarkable that I just I didn't know what I was doing I was a a junior in college trying to entertain some older people and I'm just being goofy and telling them to love their grandchildren Mm -hmm. and love their kids and I'm just having a ball with a microphone and this old man is like deeply moved it's like I I can't do that it was only God who did it you know it's like I'm just like a gesture <laughs> while yeah. this older man is de- he's lived his life 
loving his children. And I was so moved. No, and that's like definitely something that sticks with you because that's why the Lord is being so like such a good facilitator of putting us where he needs to put us. And even the fact that you were able to just so quickly like pull something together with, thank God, like the promptings of the Holy Spirit to like say something so providential to really just spark the heart of at least one man, which is so beautiful and so profound. And like, I think that's something good to think about too of like, thank God you and I have been given the beautiful gift of public speaking and the joy that comes along with it. Not just the gift, like there's something joyful and passionate about what we do and how we speak and like the ministry work we're in. But the fact that thank God, because we have our faith, like we, we don't just see this as a gift of like, Oh, I'm a really good public speaker. And then like, we <laughs> like, maybe there's moments of pridefulness. Cause I know there are for me, but we don't get too uh, big of a head where we're like, Oh, I'm a really good public speaker. Like I can make a lot of money from this. Like who could hire me? Like people definitely need my voice for something like a voiceover, like something like this. And you know, like there's definitely a need and like a market for good public speakers that are outside the church. But it's just amazing how our voices and our gift that we've been given by the Lord, like we're using it to give right back to him in ministry work, in retreat work, in podcast, in YouTube channels. Like, so what's, if I can ask you a question, like what's stirred within your heart of like, this is a gift. I recognize it. I have an option now of what I'm going to do with it. Like what drew you into, I'm just going to give it right back to the Lord and for like the church. I guess the first time I ever, I, I, wow, this is kind of a loaded question. Sorry. As far as like giving it back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize for a long time that it was strange or just rare to not get nervous in front of a crowd. Like for me, I don't get nervous. I mean, I might get a little anxious, I'm kind of yeah, jittery, yeah. but it just makes me excited because I'm just, I'm just so curious as to what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I had done some plays and things in the past, but as soon as I found the Lord or I guess the Lord, hmm, I can phrase that better. As soon as, the Lord showed me that I was found. Then any other way, any other thing that I spoke about didn't seem worth it mm-hmm. or it would seem prideful. It's yeah. like if I were to do, like I remember I did a play my junior year of high school. Quick, This was soon after I met Jesus and it was really off-putting after if people were to tell me good job it's like oh you did such a good job and me it's just like i don't want it and so i like hide backstage like i don't i don't want this praise it's like it wasn't it's like it's not for your praise i wanted to do a good job mm-hmm. and then it was just kind of weird and strange but then i just realized the only thing that's worth talking about is talking about jesus yeah it's like if i'm not talking about jesus what am i talking about mm-hmm and it's kind of, it's strange to not have a platform a lot of the times. It's like, it's one thing to show up and be like, hey, we're going to talk about Jesus. And then people are like, okay, get out of here. Yeah. Just because it's, it's not normal. It's not comfortable. It's such a strange place to be where 
in a way you kind of need permission to talk about Jesus sometimes. It's great and powerful to use these talents to talk about Jesus. And it's easy if you have a microphone because it's like, okay, you have the authority to talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. The harder thing and the more real thing is talking about Jesus whenever you're not on a stage, whenever you're not holding a microphone or somebody says, hey, let's talk about Jesus right now. It's so much different to be in Kroger and bring up the name Jesus. People get people get weird. People get fidgety. <laughs> and it's, a, oh, yeah. it's a lot of fun. But I've found it to be incredibly life-giving to not just try to talk about Jesus, but to actively start being like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is not easy. But I mean, it's like it's one thing to talk about Jesus, but it's another thing to show Jesus. Right. And... I like what you said of like, okay, right now we're in the space, like we have everything set up to in the mindset of, okay, we're doing this podcast. It's a Catholic podcast. It's for Catholic people and like non-Catholics, like who may stumble upon it. Like, and it's just like, we know in this moment, like we, like you were saying, like this full permission of like, we can talk about this now. And then it's even making me think of the homeless ministry group that I have back in Boston that my friend Colleen and I started. And we try to tell these men and women all the time, like, Okay, on the third Saturday of the month, we're giving of our entire day and energy to love and encounter these men and women experiencing homelessness. But how many of us on the other days of the month, that's not a third Saturday of the month, that we are actually ignoring our brother and sister who's on the side of the street? And it's like, like, what is going on with this permission aspect or this like, okay, I'm with like-minded people or I know the specific day I'm going to serve the poor or I know on the specific day I'm going to like help and lead these men and women in some particular way to encounter Jesus. Like whether we've been given permission or not by another human or like by the person who employed us for that particular like talk, like we have to remember that someone who is supernatural and like above all of us and who's like divine and perfect in his being is the one who's giving us permission every day of like, I want you to continue to talk about this. And like, I want you to continue to encounter my people. And like, I want you to continue to love on those who have never received love ever before in their life. And like, it must, it must be outside of these moments of podcast filming, like uh, YouTube, like filming stuff, the homeless ministry aspect. And it's, it's going to like, the Lord's asking a lot because there's a lot of times I am like, I totally know what you're talking about. And like, I will be the one who's at the grocery store. And like, I see someone with a crucifix and I'm like, come on, just say it. Like, just say like, is that Jesus around your neck? Like, just like talk about like, you already have something in common and like, you're looking right at it. Like, come on, come on. And it's just like hyping myself up. Like, cause I'm so much in my head rather than in my heart and like speaking from that place of like, like you are deeply loved. And I'm going to talk about that real quick of like how Jesus loves you. I love this. It needs to be talked about. Monet, it's so clear for me that you and I are both like in it and running or just trying to do that, trying to show up and talk about Jesus and Kroger. But but like, why is it that you would want to do that? Like, how did you get there? Well, okay, first of all, the visual, like, 
aspect that I'm getting right now is like many of us have like gone maybe hiking or climbing or like being with little cousins or younger like you know when you're going up like that really steep part of the mountain and like it's super slippery and like a lot of wet leaves and like there's mud under that and you're like whoa like and you're losing your traction and like you're going up and then you're on like all fours and like you're slipping down but then you're like trying to get back up that's what I'm thinking of and like for me in my ministry work and in my faith like that is what it feels like for me like I'm going up this really steep mountain and like there's moments I like skid down or slide down like totally get wiped out like on my like butt and I'm like okay I gotta get back up there like come on and like and I think it's that like journey towards like first first of all heaven like for myself and like my sanctification but also like this running towards like the person who doesn't know Christ like yes it's Christ who like we should be running towards at all times but like there's also this feeling of like like this reaching out of like come on take my hand like we got to get there together like we're gonna be slipping and falling a bit or like I'm probably gonna have to like come down that mountain and like meet you at like that portion where you like stop to take a like water break but to be like let's go like we got to keep going upward like come on like we can't stay here forever and you know whether that's a complete stranger whether that's someone I kind of know someone I know well like to keep pushing them and being like you have been made for so much more and you are loved above all measure and like I'm sorry if you've never heard this before I'm sorry if someone in the church has hurt you I'm sorry if like a family member has like never taught the faith to you but we have this opportunity now to talk about something that's real and tangible and true and I want to draw you into it so badly with me because other people have in the joy and peace and surrender that I've received. Like, I want to share that with you. So that's why I talk to Kroger people. That's why, like, I take my time in Boston to, like, whether it's a Thursday, Saturday or not, or, or not, to, like, sit with these men and women and be like, I need to make time for you. And, like, we were talking about this earlier of, like, Jesus was so open to being interrupted like with his ministry work and if we are not willing to be in the same boat of being interrupted in our day-to-day then we are not embodying Christ then we are not ready to like truly serve and love our neighbor as ourself because if Christ can be that way with us then we must be that way with others because in that then someone's like whoa I just was given the time of day and it's like you know who gives you the time of day 24 seven? It's Jesus. And like in in our day-to-day actions and words that we speak, we reveal the greater glory of God that much more. And like, it becomes that much more clear and tangible for these men and women. That was awesome. (laughs) That was so good. I had a question that you answered as you, you just ripped into this. Like (laughs) I had another question. I was like, Oh, maybe I could have said that better. And the question would have been like, why would you even want to climb that mountain? But then you said like, oh, like heaven first. And then it's like to bring others with you. Yes. And I love how you said that. Because mm-hmm. this whole, like this podcast, the work that we're doing, wanting to talk to people about something that freaks people out sometimes. Yeah. It's like what we're talking about. It's like, it's clear to me that you've experienced Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't make sense what we're doing right here. This could be a waste of time in someone's eyes. Easily. Someone. A lot of people. Yeah, you're not wrong. But it's like there's a reason we're here. And there there's a reason for what we're doing. And I just know for me, it's like, I know that I've been loved best by God. And it's like being loved first by him and experiencing that love first. Then mm-hmm. it's like, whenever I look and see someone 
obviously going through it, just having a hard time with whatever they're doing, then it's like, it's like, why would I talk to that person at Kroger? It's like, well, maybe because I know that I'm like enjoying my life. <laughs> I know that right. like, even though it's difficult or hard to be Catholic sometimes or to live the Catholic life, it's like, it's still worth it. And I'm still being filled and being loved and experiencing like deep, deep comfort, a lasting joy, joy that is different from happiness. There are days that I'm incredibly sad, but I'm not lonely and it's wild. And because of that, it's like whenever I see people in Kroger or see people anywhere who are not comfortable, then I'm like, brother, sister, there's something more. There's another option. Right. And it's being offered to everyone. It's yeah. true. And <laughs> Do you have something I see you like? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to say something. Right. Okay. But no, you're. I literally just gave a talk on this, again, to my middle school students just like a week ago or so. And I was saying to them, you know, when we think of a great accomplishment or even like maybe like people listening, like when you got engaged, did you like tell people or did you keep that to yourself when you got a good grade on something did you tell your parents or did you like stuff the test like aside and like never show anyone no like usually when something good and beautiful has happened in your life you share it maybe not with the entire world but you share it with those who will take joy and take part in that as well and so that's exactly what we're doing like we have this great joy of something we're proud of just like these like life accomplishments in our day-to-day being Catholic should be one of those joys that we want to share with people. And like the same way we would share an engagement, a good grade, a job promotion, something is how we were all, are also called to share this faith and evangelize and talk about and shout from the rooftops. Like I am Catholic and like, I want you to know about this because I'm proud of it, like in yeah. such like a humble way. And so I really think that's how we're being called. But if we're not doing that, cause we're still scared of these like insecurities of like, how is someone going to react or not react? Or like, yeah. is someone going to think I'm weird? Am I going to lose my friends? It's like, uh, yeah, that is going to happen. And you just have to work through it and be like, like in that period of like this deep loneliness in high school, I lost a ton of girls who I thought were my friends, but it just gave way for more room for better, holy Catholic friends to enter in. Yeah. And if I didn't have those moments of like being honest with myself and my faith, I wouldn't have lost those girls to be able to make room for something better. And then the Lord worked in that. And it's like recognizing yeah. he's not just going to take away. Like he's also going to like give and pour out at the same time. Oh my gosh. Yes. I've experienced this too. And for me, it was a question in my, in my head all the time. It's like, what, what's more important to me? Maintaining people who I think are my friends, maintaining like this sort of conditional friendship that's conditioned on me being cool or me only talking about this certain thing. Or is it more important for me to try to love that person and try to share something that's beautiful with them? Right. And like, I, I mean, it's a learning process too. Cause like, I mean, I know for me, like I was telling you earlier about this, about how like for a long time it was like scary, not, I guess scary, like for me to share my faith with people or just share my prayers with people. Cause like I, I didn't know how to say it well, but then as I started rolling with it, it's like, it's better to die trying 
you know, and, and it's like a process of figuring it out. And it's, yeah. it's like, okay to mess up through the like trial and error. Do you know the man in the arena quote? I don't know. Maybe say it. It might ring a bell. Okay. So this quote is from Theodore Roosevelt. Are you ready? What's the title of it again? It's called the man in the arena. All right, let's hear it. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat. That's us. <laughs> Dude, that's literally us. That's the, the anyone tim- who's the for the The cold church. and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat? No, the ones who are like in the arena, like ready to fail. And like our faces are like totally like in difficulty. That's what I was hearing at least. Like that is like the one who's like going through it, but like in it, like regardless. I think it's funny. I've been on both sides of being like those Catholic people are weird. Why are they talking about this? They are all dorks. And I've been on the other side. Where I've totally just (laughs) felt the same (laughs) thing. Well, I mean, me, like, I'm cool. But, like, (laughs) sort (laughs) of. Just, like, been on the same side of, like, wow, like, I'm really sticking my neck out there. I feel a little uncomfortable, but, like, I'd do it again. And, like, I'd learn from that, like, I'd say mistake, but more so, like, i learn how to do it better just to like yeah express myself express the love that i've experienced better and in that it's like it's just funny now like if if i see someone and they're like like in that sort of space where i'm giving a talk whatever and i see just a kid hoodie up arms crossed just totally just tearing me apart i i just know what that's like and it just gives me so much encouragement and I get even more excited Mm -hmm. and I just want to push even more because I'm like it's like you might not believe me but I wouldn't be here if this wasn't worth my time and for that it's like this quote it's like I'm actually trying to be in the arena I'm trying to get my face marred by dust and sweat and blood it's like yeah the the work that i'm trying to put in it's like it's not for me because if i wanted if i actually wanted i mean i guess i do do this some to some degree but it's like if i wanted praise i'd probably not talk about jesus if i had a microphone i'd probably talk about something that just got people fired up i'd probably read that quote <laughs> yeah. just like rally call people to i don't know do something productive mm-hmm. or just live, be a better person and i probably wouldn't say the name jesus but now 
the reason that like I've experienced any sort of strength, any sort of comfort if I'm being ridiculed or judged is because I bow to Jesus. And even if anyone, whether they're Catholic or non-Catholic, they look at the lives of like these men and women who have gone before us and like many of them were martyred. Many of them were persecuted by family, by people they didn't know, by friends, by people even in their religious community. They weren't always accepted. Like when you look at the life of Christ, when you look at scripture, like when you look at so many different things of what it means to really be a Christian, like everything written in the sand is this is not easy. And the fact that there's people in our day and age now, you and I, and those who have passed like the saints and those saints that will come in the future, we are still saying yes to something that it is very clearly pointed out that this is not going to be easy, but heck yeah. Anyways, like that says something. And like, I think that's why a lot of times we get looked at as you crazy Catholic, you like, what are you doing? Like, this is not worth your time. It's like, okay, maybe I'm not going to do like a huge impact on like people in today's day and age, or even like years from now or anything like that. It's still this like deep sense of like, I know I'm doing this for the Lord and like, I'm doing my small part and that the Lord is like, I'm seeing that. And like, you're not alone in that. And like, if it's only for him that we're pleasing at the end of the day, then amen. Like that's all it should be for anyways. But if we can like bring as many people as we can up to that mountain as if we can like, like touch that, like middle school boy or high school boy with the hood on, like in the back room for like a split minute out of our like 30, 45 minute talk, then okay. Like praise God, like, that's all we got. Like, then we're going to use that to the best of our ability. And like, every talk isn't going to be great. Like a lot of them are just going to like, totally go over people's heads. And like, that probably has happened multiple times when I've given talks or retreats, but someone like I'm trusting that someone in that room resonated, like, whether out like those 40, like, elderly men and women, like that one gentleman that came up to you, like, okay, that whole thing was for him. Until like more people tell us like, I have been struck by like the words you spoke, which ultimately are not our words, which I think we've been alluding to. (laughs) They've already been written for us. Like they're in scripture. Like it's already been done. That's kind of the funny thing is like everything we're saying, big picture is repetitive. Yes. And (laughs) it's it's cheating. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so it is. And like, is it plagiarism? Maybe like it's just, but it's funny though, because even though, it's repetitive, even though it's all <laughs> it's all plagiarism. It still is important. And it's exciting. Like, yeah, because it's like it's like what we're talking about, like the things that I talk about, it's like if we're talking about love, it's like a lot of people talk about love. There's a lot of songs talking about love. But it's like it's important because it affects you. It affects me. Yeah. And it's like it's important whenever it integrates it's like food wouldn't be important if i didn't need it if i didn't want it it's like oh everyone's eating food that's repetitive (laughs) (laughs) like oh good job like you're not (laughs) you're not unique i'm not gonna eat food it's like no 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 no. it's important and it's necessary and like we're gonna we're gonna talk about food (laughs) like the spiritual kind (laughs) yeah Mm. yes 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 no but it's like it's like there's a reason why people keep talking about it. Yeah. And because each person is completely unique, utterly new. Like there's never been anyone on this earth ever like you, like me. 
like Monet. Like <laughs> it's like there will never be another one of us. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's like if you can plagiarize, it's like whenever you put that little spin on it after you copy and paste from Spark Notes, ergo the Bible. <laughs> like, yes. Whenever you do that, it's like your words. It's through your experience, and because of that, it's important. And that, oh man, like if somebody like says like, oh like your words, your witness isn't important, they don't love you. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's like having someone say like, I want to hear what you have to say. It's like that's what love is, you know. It's like just the imagery of like a little child, like going to their parent with, I don't know, whatever thing that they did like a little drawing or something mm-hmm. you know it's like a kid who runs up to their parents and says look at this look at this and their parents like nah it's like <laughs> it's like no 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 no. what are you doing yeah <laughs> like love your child and like that is why like it's so important to listen to other people it's like it's so important to realize that someone wants to hear you and for me i've found that that person who wants to hear me all of the time is God. Like Jesus wants to hear me. Whenever I pray, I feel heard. It's like, oh, it's so. Oh, I can... <laughs> <laughs> but what you were saying, like just right before then, was taking me back to what you were saying earlier of like, you can't, like, maybe you could try to fake it, but you really can't fake it. Like, there is this like genuine enthusiasm. Okay. For like 25 years, I've been hearing Jesus loves you. And like, I could be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Or like here, like the Lord died for my sins. And like he would do it again, even if it was just me on this like earth. Like if that was something that was just like sticking in my head and like never making the transition down in my heart, then it's going to very much look like it's being faked. Like if I talked about that for like 20 times during the year to like 20 different venues, like venues or like whatever it was. But I know that to be true. So every time I talk about it, whether it's 20 times in a year or 20,000 times in a year, like I am going to be excited every single time because I know it to be true. So every time I hear it, it's almost like I'm hearing it for the first time again and again. And like, that's why, you know, at the homily yesterday during mass, the priest was talking about like when we turn to scripture, like we, many of us, hopefully all of us have had that moment where we open up to scripture and you're like, Whoa, God's talking to me. Like, how did he know I'm going through that? And it's like, no, that's like the beauty of like knowing that the word of God is living and effective. Like it is not dead. It is alive. That's why it can resonate with us. Like one scripture passage can like be read over and over like time and time again. Like we receive something different from it. Like that is the beauty of the faith where like, if you have that head and heart connection, like it is nearly impossible to fake this because like you are so excited, like that this is happening to me real time right now. Let me share this with as many people as possible. And like God willing, like every person that we've ever spoken to, like whether it's through the social media, like ways of connecting to people through like our forums or like whether it's the in-person stuff, like people see like, holy crap, like something is going inside Oliver right now where like he is he's being deeply stirred. Like maybe they're not saying those words, but they're like, whoa, what's going on with this guy over there? Like, why is he so excited? And it's like, because it's so genuine. The best experiences are like when I hang out after like giving a talk and like having these like high school students, middle school students, college students coming up to me and being like, 
how did you know? And I'm like, I didn't, but God did. Like everything was orchestrated for me to get here tonight and like to be prompted to like speak about this particular topic for you. And like, that's what makes this so personalized. And like, this is why this ministry is so life-giving because it's like, again, it's like if you are in ministry, like, and you have not died to yourself yet, you are missing a very big part of this like entire like concept and you must die to yourself every day because you're not okay yes like I am getting like a lot of peace and like grace from doing what I'm doing but I'm not doing it for me I'm doing it for the other person and like to see like these like moments of it clicking and resonating and transforming and like driving them to get to adoration or like, wait, you journal. I've never heard of that before. Where do I buy journals? (laughs) Like, I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, this is amazing. Like I want the feedback because that means I am being used as like the most perfect, imperfect, whatever you want to say vessel that the Lord could use in this time at this moment in, in my life. And like, I don't know how much time I'll be allotted this. Like tomorrow the Lord could be like, you're mute. Like he really could, if he wanted to, he could be like, you're done. You're done speaking Monet. But it's like, okay, I have this confidence that everything that I set up until this moment, I did to the best of my ability. Like any, the Lord could take away a talent at any moment. And like, if we have it now, use it now. But if you lose that talent, the bigger thing is like, you don't have to just praise God by the words you say. And like, there can be an unhealthy attachment or pridefulness to the gifts you've been given, even though they're being used for good. Oh yeah. It can be like, this is all I've got to offer. Yeah, it's like, oh my, like, if you hold too tightly to your gifts, it's like, oh my gift is speaking. I have to talk all the time. It's like, <laughs> it's like no, 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 no. You can listen. Yeah. And God ears. <laughs> a lot of times it's like, that can be more important. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to know the right words to say if you don't hear the need. Right. Which is wild. It is. Like, that's something that I just recently started doing through Message of Hope of, I do check-in Tuesdays. So every single week, I give my followers a platform to speak to me and I have to listen. What content ideas do you want to see? Did you like the most recent post? Why or why not? Are you watching the YouTube channel? like, Or are you just an Instagram follower? Like, Where's the best forum to meet you at? Like, What age group are you in? Like, I don't know like my, like, re- like, I guess if you go to the analytics, but like seeing like everything pinpointed to be like, okay, the Lord knows the amount of hairs on our head and like he knows us well, but we can only like start scratching the surface of like getting to know others well, but like we should still try because then we can meet them at a place that they need to be met. And so like carving out that intentional time of like, how can I best serve you? Because this ministry isn't for me. Again, it go, it's all going back to like, it is for them. Oh yeah. I mean, that's like, with the ministry stuff, it's like, it's just so wild the time in like in the world that we have right now it's just like i i told you <laughs> for me just the idea it's like no one's gonna be converted like via twitter i mean maybe god works in mysterious ways but it's like it's a relationship it's like why would i join the church why would i go to mass why would i do this that whatever it's probably because i feel loved and invited and welcomed and it's like it's so easy to just like hear something and put your own spin on it. And I think that's like what we keep getting back to of we are called to see our neighbor in the day to day and like not rush past them because they're just another body. Like if we see them as another 
body and soul combined and like not just as that but also like taking it a step deeper and like seeing them as our brother and sister in Christ like then we we're going to be more apt to stop like if we see a family member if we have a good relationship with them we're not going like shy away from them if we see them in an aisle of a store we're going to be like oh my gosh get out I didn't know you're here like this is awesome like why are we not meeting like yeah maybe it's weird and like it is out of our comfort zone so that's a typical normal response but why are we not seeing them as like you are my family like you may not understand the communion of saints or like this communion we are drawn into through the life of faith but regardless of how you see that I see it that way and I want to invite you into it and into that beauty and truth and like then because of this like small little encounter like maybe you'll be that much more apt to then in turn encountering someone else when you're at the grocery store when you're at the like mall or like the like the store or whatever it is like this is something that is like a domino effect and I've seen it and so we need to like be that one person that just like the Lord like like starts the domino like he's the one who like flicks it over and that's us being the first one to topple over and then we're putting our trust and our hope in him of like whatever we're doing or saying like is resonating with someone and then it's pushing them forward to be like a better version of themselves to maybe seek out "Hmm, why did that guy just like take some time to talk to me like the guy in the chipotle like uniform all day is just hearing like what kind of rice people want or like (laughs) what kind of beans they want like no i I guarantee (laughs) really learning a lot about each person oh yeah like i guarantee like 98 percent of these customers are coming through the doors of like any store that's like that where it's just like I need this from you and you're going to give it to me like they're probably not being asked how is your day and like or like what is your name like these are like big factors that play like such a key role in relational ministry um, and like Christ in the City in Denver does that so beautifully with their form of encounter with the men and women on the streets but also like this then gets taken into our own lives to be like call someone by name because that's what the Lord does to us and like the name has such a powerful impact in someone's life. And like we are being facilitators in the towns we're in now, in the schools we're in now, in the workplaces, like do not let this time pass you by. You have been given this time to be where you are now. Like, again, go back to like just wiggling your feet and like, okay, Lord, I'm here. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm going to be here and I'm going to just like rest in this and rest in you and recognize that I'm here for some reason and I'm going to stop complaining. So yeah, the relational ministry, I think, is is the biggest key to all of this. It's so important. I mean, you, you said a lot just then. There were so many pieces that I would love to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just like different pieces within that. I mean, for me, I love talking to strangers. I can see that. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> the next time you're on the show, we'll talk about talking to strangers. All right, do but a piece early in that that you had said that I just I find so fascinating was just how you say they're just like talking to other people just like reaching out to people it's like why because they're like a part of the body brothers and sisters but it's also like like for me there's a deep joy whenever I see other people receive the Eucharist because I'm, I'm seeing other people and it's like wow like we are together in this let us rejoice like we are part of the body and then also like i mean on the other extreme of like people who are not baptized it's like i can rejoice in them too 
because like all creatures, all created things, God created and said it was good. It's like we are all brothers and sisters in that space. It's like it doesn't matter. And then it's like calling someone by name, how you said that. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's important if you know it, but if you don't know it, well, like for me, I forget people's names all the time. But what I've noticed is like whenever I was created, whenever I like came into the world, I don't know if my parents knew that that was the moment or whatever, but like at that moment, what did I have? It's like I was an idea in God's mind. I was loved into existence by God. And so now it's like, how does God love us? It's like, yeah, he calls us by name, but like a lot of times whenever I experience God in my prayer, it's not Oliver, blah, blah, blah. You know, like God doesn't say blah, blah, blah. He says cooler stuff. But like whenever I experience God, he's talking to my heart. And so that's why it's like whenever I talk to strangers, I try to talk to their heart. It's like if I see someone sad or lonely or just bored or out of it, I'm not going to say, Hey, and then just guess their name. I'm going to say, Hey, are you okay? And then interact with their heart and try to do that and try to be there instead of just like, uh, what's up, dude? Uh, how you doing? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, yeah. it just depends on the situation, but it's like, God cares about your heart and not just the stuff you do. God doesn't care about your talents. He gave them as a, like a facilitator so that your heart could flourish. How does that sound? That sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good. Do you have any sort of takeaways from this podcast? Cause I know something that you enjoy is trying to like practical application. Do you have any practical applications? I would definitely say just put your, okay. Put your phone down. Like when you're out in public like, okay, if you're on the phone with someone or like you're quickly looking up like directions to something, fine. But if you're just like aimlessly scrolling while you're in line, like a, like we keep using grocery store, but if you're like just aimlessly scrolling because you're like, well, there's nothing else to do. It's like, put it down. You'd be shocked. Like when someone sees you at the phone, because I know this is how I perceive others, it automatically is almost this like, I'm busy or like I'm, I'm not available to talk. But when the phone comes down, I started leaving my phone in the car. And the amount of conversations I have had with people waiting in line for certain things, like anywhere, like think of any line that you've waited in. I have had so many amazing conversations with people because I have given them permission of I am available to talk. And like people actually want to talk. Like, yeah. so it's first of all, giving them permission. So put your phone down. Like I'm so sick and tired of this phone. Put your phone down. Gosh, it's like, <laughs> it's not that hard. Like stop walking across the street also with your phone phone uh in your face because that's super dangerous so it don't do that dangerous. either yep very dangerous um but also names like ask someone their name and then immediately once you leave them jot it down and keep praying for them because it's not just like oh i met someone okay that's all I've dropped it it's like meet someone intentionally come to know their name and intentionally pray for them because you've you met them for some sort of reason and like intercessory prayer is so important. So put the phone down, get to know the name. Um, and then just ask for the Lord for greater detachment of the things of this world. And then it becomes less about you, more about him. And then you can see the other person clearer and then you can mm -hmm. get more access into their heart because you are that much more in tune with your heart, with the Lord. And then he's like doing this, like, trifecta thing and then you're like the lord's touching your heart and you're like now like that much more in tune with the person you're talking to or near and like you're just letting the holy spirit work so 
the more you grow in prayer and the more you grow in detachment, then you can be able to see people not of a use of like utility, but as like, how can I be used to help in some small, small way of helping them achieve their sanctification and their salvation. So those would probably be just a few to note of practical ways to like take this going forward. And from like before, just, I think just more things that just to leave with, like, like if you think God's doing something, don't be afraid to share it. Like the first follower is so important. And just like, it's like you have no idea like what the Lord is doing around you unless you start asking questions, talking to people. It's like step out, like step out in faith. It's like you never know. It's like if you get rejected, good, because we're not made for this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, so with that just like, good luck, pal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got a you got a long road ahead of you. Yep. And praise God, because that road is infinite in heaven you know it's it's not just like what we do here it's like our cries now echo for eternity in heaven and like cry out to the lord and so yeah thank you monet do you do you have any other words before (laughs) do you have any other words no i think we covered a good portion of it so thank you for having me on and i pray that all of you who are listening something resonates with you and you are not discouraged to live out the faith because, um, again, you are made for such time, such times as these. So really just rest in that. Amen. Oh, what's your how can people find your content? Yes. So, again, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube is where I have my ministry. So if you want to just go to my website, it's amhlifestyles.com or you can find me on Instagram at a message of hope. So AMH Lifestyles is the handle. But if you want to hear a little bit more content of how we can live out our faith, morals, and identity, whether you're high school age or college age, I would love to have you guys following along. That was so polished. That was really good. I've been doing this for over a year, Oliver. That sounded great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Monet, for joining me. I will have you back soon. Thanks, God. And yeah, I'm Oliver Sibley. This is Monet. This is Outlaw Catholic. Thank you for joining us.